0: You're listening to the Bright City Podcast. To hear more about our gatherings, groups, and what's going on in the life of our church, visit brightcity.church or follow Bright City Church on Instagram. Today's message is from Pastor Nick. So, happy Pentecost Sunday. Hopefully, that's not the last rumbling we get by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, If this is your first time at Bright City, welcome to Bright City. My name is Nick, and by God's grace, I get to lead the church. But just we've been in this series powerful, and, and we've just been talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. And I was telling everyone at prayer gathering this morning, I was like, I feel like for three years I was preaching in response to what was happening around us. And then now I feel like in this sermon series, part of my gifting is this apostolic gifting to lay down the foundation of what God wants to do. And I was like, man, I feel like for the first time in almost three years, I'm doing my job. Like I know I'm like going to work and I'm clocking in, but I feel like I'm doing my job for the first time. And so we've been laying down this foundation of the Holy Spirit because we believe as a church that this is literally what sets us apart from just being a social gathering where we show up and sing together really early in the morning. Like the power of the Holy Spirit comes in and he starts to do new things in our lives personally. And so when we started this journey, we really talked about how the Spirit of God affects us personally. one of the first things that the Spirit of God does to us personally is it reminds us who we are. Like when you read Romans 8, like Paul's like, hey, I'm gonna get to the gifting later, but first before I get to what you do, I need you to know who you are. Like I, I need you to know truly who you are in Christ Jesus. And so in Romans 8, he's talking about how much Of how much love we have in the Father, in Christ Jesus and there's not going to be anything that can separate us from the love of God and then he starts listing off things and he starts listing off things I would have never thought of I'd have been like, yeah, that person, they would have reminded me that I'm separated from the love of God. And then, man, if I have a really hard day, I would not really feel like I'm loved by God. And then if somebody said something really mean to me, like, then I would not feel loved by God. Like, Paul takes it into the heavenlies, and he's like, I need you to know that there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. And he just says it over and over again. And so the Spirit reminds us who we are. We are adopted by Christ Jesus. And then he also tells us that the Spirit reminds us that we are loved by God in and through Christ Jesus. And so the Spirit comes in, and it reminds us that we are adopted sons and daughters of God. It reminds us who we are. And then the Spirit comes in and says, hey, I need you to know who you're becoming like this this path this journey that you're on is not a journey where you're just journeying through life haphazardly like god is taking you somewhere by the power of his holy spirit and he's taking you if you will allow him to be more like christ his son and so god starts to do this work in your heart where one day you wake up and you're like man i don't that old person i don't even know who that is anymore that, that old thing that I, I just I didn't think I could get rid of, that habit, I, I don't even want to do that anymore. And then he starts to give you new desires, like, man, I always wanted to be wealthy and prove myself better than everyone else, but now I, I just, I want to advance the kingdom. I want to move his kingdom forward. And so slowly over time, the spirit of God transforms your heart and transforms your mind to be more like his son. And when I look at the church, I think the one thing we're lacking is transformation to be more like Christ Jesus. Therefore, we're looking more like cultural Christianity and that's not the plan of the kingdom. The plan of the kingdom was to have people fill his churches who are committed to walk by the power of the Holy Spirit and become more like Christ Jesus. And that's the plan that he has for your life. And sometimes, at least for me, I get caught up in what's gonna happen in my life Like, God, where am I gonna live? What am I gonna do? Who am I gonna do life with? And God through his spirit is reminding me over and over again that yeah, I'll get to those, but first I need you to know who you are and I need you to know who you're becoming. And you're becoming like Christ Jesus. And then we continue on in this journey and then we're reminded over and over again that the spirit wants to help us make decisions in our lives. And can I get an amen that we don't need to make bad decisions anymore? Like It doesn't mean we're perfect. It just means by the power of the Holy Spirit we're trying to make better decisions. We realize that the, the Spirit of God lives in us, and the Spirit of God wants to take us to the Word. And the Word wants to inform our heart and to inform our life decisions. And then we get this sanctified gut, as I called it, where the power of the Holy Spirit is living and at work in you. And you're like, oh, I think I know what to do in this moment. Like, Brad really wants my number, but Brad does not love Jesus. And I, like, I think I know what to do in this moment right now. I think I could give him a wrong number. No, you don't give him <laughs> I, I think I could say no. My, my boss wants me to do something at work to sacrifice my integrity for the sake of a paycheck. I, I know what to do. The old Nick, I would have taken that money. We could have gone to Vegas, it would have been great, it would have been amazing. But I feel like there's this this new gut in me, this, this new check, this new spirit that's like, hey, my integrity is more important than any outcome that you can promise me. And then we realize that when we make those decisions, we have a peace in us. And I think too often we're clothing anxiety and worry as it just is the times that we're in. And actually, I think we're just running around making decisions not by the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't have a peace, and we're trying to turn to something that's going to help us gain that peace. And it's like, well, I think sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes if we make decisions by the power of the Holy Spirit and we're trying to please God and we're trying to follow God, then we have this supernatural peace that transcends all understanding. And every once in a while, anxiety will creep up. Every once in a while, panic will set in. Every once in a while, we'll have worry. But for the most part, because we're walking by the power of the Holy Spirit, we're making decisions by the power of the Holy Spirit. We have a supernatural peace that lives all up in our life because we're making decisions by the power of the Holy Spirit. So that is what happens when the believer embraces Christ in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what happens when we walk individually by the power of the Holy Spirit. Before Memorial Day weekend, I feel like a teacher that you've all been on spring break. We didn't have service last time, so I had to review. (laughs) That we started to shift the conversation to not only is the power of the Holy Spirit in us individually, the power of the Holy Spirit is with us corporately. And so Deb Hopper did such an amazing job of painting the way of that and talking about how whether it's weakness or calling or all these things in life that the power of the Holy Spirit comes into our life, but also it left us, with this verse, I love this verse, starts off in Acts 2 verse 17. This is kind of after what I was just talking about. It says, this is what I will do in the last days. And for some of us, we're like, oh, we're not in the last days yet. It, I read the news and sometimes I think I'm in the last days, but I don't know yet. But like when you read the scripture, we're in the last days. So this is now. It says, I will pour out my spirit on everyone. On everyone, and then goes on to say, I will cause your sons and daughters to prophesy. And so, what that means is that there's going to be some people within the people of God that are going to have these moments of prophetic where they're going to be able to speak in to someone's circumstance. They're going to be able to know things that only God knows and communicate the things that they've laid, that God's laid on their heart for another. We had this happen to us when we were contemplating a move we didn't know what we were going to do and somebody was like hey i feel like you're supposed to move west and we're like well we didn't tell anyone that how did you know that did you get into my facebook are you in my email like what's happening here in this moment they're like no i just i feel like god wants you to know that you're supposed to move west It's it's just these moments and it happens over time and sometimes when you read the new testament you're like oh my gosh they're getting this all the time And when you read books like Daniel, where he's having these dreams and these moments with God, that was over 40 years. And so there's these moments that come in our life where God wants to speak into it through the prophetic. So cause your sons and daughters to prophesy. Then your young men will see visions. They'll see things that are to come. They'll see things that are gonna happen. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but there's just, you'll catch a glimpse of what God wants to do in the future. And you know it's from him because you couldn't do it apart from his power. And you've never thought about that in your whole life. I mean, that's kind of what this church was. It was like, man, God, I felt like God told me that this is what we were going to do and this is how we're going to do it. And then he gave me a vision of what it was going to look like. And so we're just kind of walking towards that vision slowly. Then he says, your older men will experience his dreams from God. And I love that one because I'm creeping up in age. And I'm like, God, help me (laughs) not stop dreaming, Lord. I always want to keep dreaming. And so when you, you read this, you realize that God is doing something among the people and what happens is is that god would take a heart and he will give you a new heart and that new heart will have a new life and then the most beautiful thing about that new life is you're walking with jesus you're trying to figure out what does this look like and then as you're walking out this new life you come to realize that you're going to receive new power and you're like oh okay i didn't realize i was going to get power and it's not that kind of power. This is where the disciples made the the mistake. They were like, all right, influence. I'm gonna get some likes, I'm gonna get some follows up in this thing. It's gonna be great. And Jesus is like, no, 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 I want to give you actual power to walk out this life. And then you realize that with new power comes new gifting. And so God is giving his people this new gifting. And then this new gifting forms this new church. Like, can you imagine? Like, I was reading about boy Jesus at the temple yesterday. Like, he's 12. He's showing up. He's doing his thing. He's listening to all the people read the scriptures and do all the things. Like, can you imagine what that have been like? It would have been like, all right, we're going to read this. Repeat after me. Okay, you repeat it after me. Okay, now I need you to go home and memorize the whole Old Testament. Good luck. Like, that, that was the gathered people of God. And then God shows up by the power of the Holy Spirit, and he gives his people new power, new gifting, and he creates a new church. And this new church is shining a light through this gifting and this power. This church is going out into the workplaces and living a supernatural life. And people are like, hey, why are you so happy right now? Why Why do you have so much purpose right now? Why do you have so much meaning right now? Was, I don't know. I got a new life because I got a new life I got a new heart and then when I got a new heart I started to receive this new power and then this new power caused me to walk in this new gifting and then I'm a part of this church and I've got this new church and they're walking in the newness of the power of the Holy Spirit and what happens is is this new church when they operate in that power and gifting creates a new atmosphere and this atmosphere comes together to be one of hope one of joy one of love one of supernatural healing. And so Jesus, through the power of God with us, is paving a new way for the culture by the power of the kingdom through the family of God. And what Paul is is writing, he's writing to these churches, and he's like, hey, he actually says this in First Corinthians 12. He says, hey, I really want you to be aware of what's happening when it comes to spiritual gifts. He says, now the, concerning the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed. Like we all love to be informed these days. Like, right, man, I just got to know everything, and I've got to watch all the news networks, and I got to follow everyone on Twitter. And so Paul's like, hey, I just, I just don't want you to be uninformed of what's happening and what i think has happened is i think the church has become distracted or uninformed by the power and the gifting that they have through the holy spirit i think i think we've become distracted and we're focusing on other things in this world that don't matter and god's like hey don't take your eye off the ball and so this when i was studying for this this was this was crazy when i was doing like the work for this weekend Like, I just felt like God just overwhelmed me with, this is the line that I feel like we're missing when it comes to the church, is that if we catch a vision for the power that God has and the gifting that he has for his people collectively, then I feel like it would give us new energy for the church and new power for the church. And what I find is that people settle into this way of life that is Christianity as an individual, and they forget that they've been ransomed and redeemed and set into a family. And I think what's happened is the church has put so much emphasis on your personal walk, it has gotten you distracted that it is a personal walk that you're supposed to walk out in and among a family. And so then we settle into podcast church, and what we realize is that podcast church can be supplemental, but it won't fulfill the supernatural needs that we have in our life. And so podcast church becomes a powerless church for our souls like, again, like, I take vitamins, but I, I ain't going to miss a meal. Like, I, I want to eat the meal. And I think what happens is, is we're living off of vitamins and, vitamins and we realize that we need a meal. And the meal's going to come through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so what I find is that people are floundering through life because they've resulted and decided that they're going to settle their life on Podcast Church. And then they're going to go through life as an individual follower. And as a result, they're missing out on the supernatural power that comes in and through the Holy Spirit of God's collective people. And then even further, what happens is that they have a lack of faith because they're not seeing God's power at work. Like God wants to display himself through his people so that we can be increased more and more with faith. This morning we had prayer and I was like, all right, I'm, I'm ready to preach. Like, I, I don't know what to tell you, but we started praying and then there, like a song rose up out of nowhere and I was like, God's gonna do something today. And if God does something today, he's gonna do something tomorrow. If God does something tomorrow, he's gonna do something on Tuesday. If God does something on Tuesday, he's gonna do something on Wednesday. And I think that we've resulted to podcast church, and we realize that it's a transformation of energy of, of knowledge, but not power. Another thing that I feel like is happening is that we've resulted in personal church. It's like, hey, this is just me, it's God. And so I can do it remotely. Like you all saw Elon Musk this week. He was like, hey, you have to work 40 hours on site. You can work from home, but you need to clock in 40 hours in the office. And everybody's like, oh my gosh, what is happening? Because I think that we are not only doing remote life when it comes to work, I think we're practicing remote spirituality. And I think as a result, I think we're not seeing the power of God that's supposed to happen that God intends for his church. Because what happens is when you show up in the collective body of the believers, yes, you are personally empowered by the Holy Spirit, but here's what happens, is you sit beside somebody else that's empowered by the Holy Spirit, and then they start to walk in the Spirit, and you start to walk in the Spirit, and then you'd be encouraged by that, and the thing that you're wondering of what you should do in your life, and you're trying to figure out what God wants to say, but you're like, I just don't hear him, and someone else hears for you, and they're like, hey, I just, I feel like God want me to tell you this. Like, put it all on red, and you're like, I don't know what that means. in Vegas? No, 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 no. Just put it all, and then God makes it clear. Like, oh man, I just, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to move forward in this life. Hey, I just, I feel like God wants to encourage you to know that you're not alone and that he's with you. Hey, I, I just, I, I'm really struggling with this like illness and, and this thing that's just pestering me and I've been dealing with it for 10 years, and I find that we are walking this thing, these things out personally, wondering if God's gonna show up, and God's like, hey, I wanna show up, but it's gonna happen in the collection of my people, and somebody's gonna pray for your healing, and then you're gonna receive that healing. And so if we're walking out personal church, then we're walking essentially in a powerless church. It doesn't mean that God won't show up, it just means that you are walking in a spirit that will not be up to the capacity of something he's capable for. And so when Paul says, hey, I want you to be aware, I think he's just wanting us to know that there is a better way, there is a deeper way, there is a richer way, but even more importantly, there is a more powerful way. And I think what's happening is, is the church is standing back thinking that the culture has all the power, and God wants to remind us that, hey, I, I need you to know that the church, the family of God has the power of the kingdom. And so when we read these verses that light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it, and we're looking around and we're like, well, it seems like the darkness has overcome it. And God's like, no, it hasn't. You just haven't been an overcomer in the power that I've given you. And you're not walking that out as the people of God. And as a result, it appears like the world and the culture is stronger, but I am greater than the world but we're not walking in that gifting and we're not walking in that power. So I'm going to spend the next three weeks trying to figure out how we can grow and walk in that power, especially when it comes to gifting. But there are a few things that we need to know as kind of the like prequel to what gifting means and how to walk it out. One of the first things that we need to know about gifting, it is that is by grace through faith. It is by grace through faith. Because we are in a hyper-growth culture, because we are in a hyper-hustle culture, because we are in a make-it-happen world, we approach our spirituality in the same way. And so we think that we have to make gifts happen in our lives. And what we, when we read scripture, actually what is happening is that Paul reminds us, to Romans 12, six, to the church at Rome, he says, but here's the deal. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us in accordance with your faith. So you see that, he says it's by the grace given to each one of us in accordance with your faith. It is by grace through faith. What I love about scripture is that's their one song. If you know the one song you can't get out of your head, like when I worked a job a desk job in college, this one woman was obsessed with Asa Bass. And I did not like Asa Bass. And half of the room is like, what is Asa Bass? Look it up later. That you would play this one song, and I was like, okay, it is in my head. When you read scripture, the thing that should be in your heart and in your head should be by grace through faith. That is how it works, especially when it comes to gifting. And what I love about this moment, Paul writes about gifting to two different churches. He writes about gifting specifically to the church at Corinth and the church at Rome. And what happened was is these cities and these churches were hyper talented and hyper wealthy and what i think paul was saying was like hey you're gonna be tempted to lean into your talent but i need to tell you about something else that's different and it's called gifting and gifting comes by grace it does not come by talent there are things that you can do in this world that's great you can type however many words per minute you can negotiate a deal like no other You can do this, you can do that, but I need you to know that gifting is different than talent. It's Paul saying, hey, I need you to know that it is all by grace. Earlier when I read about Acts 2, I was reading about this church, and I think sometimes we romanticize that story. And part of it is because we're looking for that power again. We're looking for that moment again. We're looking for the believers to be all of one accord. And so we kind of like romanticize that moment. It's like, oh, my gosh, this is so awesome. Can we do it again, God? Can you do it? And then when I read it, I'm like, oh. There was no fasting happening. It was like a fear that set in. Like they had the doors locked. Jesus is walking through walls. Like they were scared. And then you read on and you're like, okay, they were hiding, but by God's grace, he found them. They were uncertain, and then God releases his purpose and gives them clarity. And what, we, what, we, what I see in that moment is praise God for his grace. Like, praise God that he broke into that moment and did something supernatural because they still would have been hiding in the room. It's like, this is the church. They're taking over the world. No, they're hiding in the room, and they're trying to figure out what to do next. And then they're like, I don't know what to do. And then if you know Peter is the first one that stands up, then you know you're absolutely in trouble if he's the one standing up and being the voice of reason. And so what you see is that the gifting of God comes by grace. It doesn't come by hustle. It doesn't come by effort. It doesn't become it doesn't come because you hit all your like quiet time goals for the week. Like it doesn't come because you were like I was at church four times in a row. Like it doesn't come because you were like okay, I read this right passage in scripture. It doesn't come because you've been a believer for 10 years. What I love about Corinth is they were like new fresh believers. They didn't know what the heck they were doing and they were the most gifted church. And I think it's sometimes true in the church as we look at people and they are the most gifted with the least character. And every time I see that, I'm like, God, it's just by grace. It is all by grace. The gifting that you have in your life is by grace. It is a gift from God. You didn't earn it, like the song said, not me. You didn't deserve it. And he still extended his spirit to you. And so we see that Paul is saying, hey, I need you to know that gifting is given by grace. But also I need you to know that it is given with the coordinates of your faith. It's given in step With your faith. So it's one of those things where it's like, okay, God has graced me and I believe that He's going to use me. Can you imagine how this would change your life if we showed up with this type of expectancy that God could use us in our gifting? It's like, man, I just I'm gonna show up at work today because I just I'm I'm gonna try to figure out how God's gonna use me and speak to other people around me. Like I'm gonna show up at work today because I believe that God is gonna use me to heal someone today. I'm going to show up a word today because I believe that God's going to allow me to be supernaturally generous to someone around me. Like, I can sense it. I can feel it. Like, I was reading about John the Baptist this morning. And, like, by all measures, John the Baptist should have been one that they would follow. Like, he wore weird clothes. Like, if I came up here with, like, animal skin on, like, hey, welcome to Bright City. So glad you're here. You would be looking for another church if I, like, was had like honey and bugs right here, and I'm like popping them as I preach, like you'd be like, okay, don't go to Bright City. The pastor wears fur, he eats bugs, and he drinks honey. Like you just need, you need to find another church. And so when I read the account of John the Baptist coming into play, I think he had such a powerful effect on people, number one, by the power of the Holy Spirit, but number two, that people just had a messy expectation that something was about to change. That something was about to happen and what I find is that if we even just have a mustard seed of faith when it comes to the things in life especially gifting God is going to fill us with that expectation because then it turns the mundane job into a meaningful moment then it turns a mundane relationship into a moment where you might be able to speak into that relationship and take them from point A to point B and what happens is if we walk out that by grace through faith, like we start to see God move in a way that we've never seen before. And what I find when it comes to gifting, especially in the power of the Holy Spirit, it's not capacity, but it's awareness. Like we got full Holy Spirit. Like it's not like you got light spirit and I got full spirit and then you got medium spirit and then somebody else got full spirit. Like you have the full power of the Holy Spirit all up in your life and I don't think it's a capacity issue I think it's an awareness issue and so when it comes to your life do you believe that you have a gifting by grace like, do, you, do you believe that and I don't care if it's walking with Jesus or trying to figure out the next step in your life or gifting in the power of the Holy Spirit it is all by grace through faith how amazing is that you didn't earn it, you didn't deserve it, but man, God has poured out His Spirit on your life, and He has extended gifting on your life by grace. And here's the most beautiful thing about that: is usually when it comes to grace, I get way more than I deserve, right? Like when you read John one and it says, "Grace upon grace upon grace upon grace upon grace upon grace upon grace." Like now, just transfer that to gifting. It's like, oh man, this is amazing. This is wonderful. This is, uh, this is outstanding. I feel led to tell this story, but I don't know if this will give you more confidence or less confidence in what's happening at Bright City. But when I first went to get assessed for church planting, like, everyone in the room was a hard no. Like, I went to preach my first sermon. It was on Luke 19, and it was about this moment where uh, this religious guy is in hell, and the poor man is looking down, and he's from heaven, and the guy from hell can see the person in heaven, and the person in heaven can see down, and then the person in hell is wanting the guy in heaven to warn his four brothers about what's to come in the judgment. And it's the weirdest moment in scripture. That was my first sermon, and I was like, "Well, Jesus, like, like if this isn't a sign of God's gifting, I don't know what is." Like, I'm not qualified to do this. I didn't wake up one day and said I want to be a a public speaker. Like, I didn't wake up one day and say I want to lead people. Like, I didn't wake up one day and say this is what I want to do. This is how I want to do it. And this is what it's going to look like. And here's our 25-year trajectory goal. Like, all I know is God gave me a call. And because he gave me a call, he gave me a gifting. And the gifting comes by grace. It comes by grace. And then you activate the grace gifting with the faith that you have in your heart for the gift. And then you start to pick up small wins, and you're like, man, I just talked to that person, and I didn't throw up in my mouth. Like, I, I think I can do this. I just, I just led a Bible study. This, this is great, there were three people there. That's, God's on the move. And then before you know it, you're, you're, you're speaking, and you're attesting, and you're, you're telling people, like, I can't even remember my name and God lets me memorize scripture. It's like, man, when you lean into the gifting by the faith that you have in God, magical things happen. So it comes to gifting by grace through faith. And the next thing you need to know is each one, everyone. Each one, everyone. Here's what Paul says, First Corinthians twelve seven. He says, now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. So he's saying, he's saying, each one of you has been given the gift to which god wants to make Himself known through you for everyone and so when you're reading corinthians like paul's like hey i need you to know that when you walk in the gifting it's going to be good for the church and it's going to be good for the culture like when you walk in your gifting like you're going to do things in your life that are going to be special for the culture around you but also the church that is around you as well. And so Paul gives us this gifting that happens. Hey Justin, I don't. you stay back there if you want to, but I'm just now getting rolling. I'm just now getting rolling. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't wanna, it just you would've been setting up, you would've pulled out drinks, a cooler, it would've been awkward, and I don't know what to say. So each one, this is what Jesus so powerfully does for us so he gives us a picture of this and so when luke 8 jesus calls calls women around him he, like he's setting the stage he's like hey i need you to know that women are going to be gifted by the power of the holy spirit they're going to advance the kingdom and they're going to do things that they culturally would be told not to do through the family of god for the kingdom of god and so each one has been given a gift he's like hey i need you to know women you've been gifted and then he comes around and he says, hey, I, I just need you to know that everyone of every ethnic background is going to be baptized by the power of the Holy Spirit. So when you read the book of Acts, and you get to Acts 8 and Acts 9, and you see that the first, one of the first converts is an Ethiopian eunuch, it's God saying, hey, I need you to know the Spirit is going to move in every background, in every color, in every tribe, in every tongue. This is not white spirit. This is not religious spirit. This is the spirit of God that is going to be for everyone. And then he starts to deal with backgrounds, and he starts to take a guy named Paul who was a part of a murdering another person. And he's like, hey, this is the guy that I'm going to build my church on. And you're like, no, 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 God. I don't know much, but... Are, they, ex-convicts don't make great church planners. I just need you to know, God, like you are all knowing, you are all powerful, you are all wise, but if you've got a prison record, you should not be dealing with the people and the family of God. And so you just, you just need to, to maybe just pray about that one again, God. God's like, no, 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 I need you to know that everyone is gonna receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Then he starts to talk about new believers. He's like, oh man, I've only been walking with God for one month. And he's like, that's okay, you got the power of the Holy Spirit. You got the full power of the Holy Spirit. I didn't give you training wheels, I gave you the full power then he starts talking about seasoned believers. And he's like, hey, I just need you to know, I don't care how old you are, you're filled with power of the Holy Spirit. I'm not done with you. If you have breath, you have purpose, you're still going through this life. That's why old men are gonna dream dreams because God is not done with them. And that women are gonna prophesy and these things are gonna happen because he wants to know that everyone has access to the gifting of the power of the Holy Spirit. Each one of you have been given a gift for the spirit and gifting that comes from God. And then here's the craziest part, is he takes each one of us and he gives us a gift for the common good. And so when you come into this place, here's the most beautiful thing about that, is is you're coming for encouragement for your soul, but you might be coming for an encouragement of another. Like you're sitting here and we're going to worship later, and God's going to write something on your heart for another. So what do you do with that? Well, that's where the by faith comes in. God's graced you with this moment. By faith, you've got to steward it well. And so he gives these gifts for the common good. There's there's something that is going on in your life, and it is causing a deep spiritual, emotional pain or a deep physical pain. What's God going to do with that? going to let you live with that or is he going to call someone to pray for you for healing so that you can receive the healing that you need to get up and walk in his name and live out kingdom purpose on this earth Man, I'm, I'm a, I, need, I need to make a decision about something and it's a big life decision I don't know what to do this, this feels way above my pay grade as a human on this planet and I got to make this decision well God's going to give you a word through someone and he's going to tell you what you need to do in that moment so you know exactly what you need to do man, I've got this really annoying coworker and hashtag horrible, like they just talk all day and they complain all day and I just, I've contemplated moving to another country because of this person and I just, I don't know what to do. God's like, hey, I bet there's a deep pain in their life that's causing them to live that way and I'm gonna use you to meet that pain in their life. I'm gonna use you to walk with them, to walk them out of the deep pain that they're feeling. And so what the beautiful thing about the gifting is, is that he is gifting us for the longings, the wonderings, the pain, the hurt, the suffering of another. Like when Jesus announced that he was coming in an anointing in Isaiah 61 and Luke 4, he said that he was coming to set people free. Setting people free doesn't come from a powerful meme. Setting people free comes from the power of the Holy Spirit that is going to be at work in you. There is gifting that you have that's going to set people free. Not a funny joke that you're going to text someone. That might open the door, but it's not going to be what sets them free. So how, how do you walk in that gifting for everyone? Well, here's what I know is that anytime we are willing to walk in service, it is the front door for the supernatural anytime you're willing to show up, step in, and serve God in the common good of his family, that is the front door for the supernatural. So what does that mean? Yeah, you might be showing up for bright kids, but God might be showing up for you in a mighty way that morning. Because you're gonna be back there and you're gonna have a conversation with another worker, and it's gonna be what sets you free for the next 12 years. Or we're in the prayer gathering and someone says, hey, I just feel like somebody needs to know this. And you're like, well, that was me. How did, you need, how did you know that? Who told you that? God's like, I'm using people to reach people. If you dumb down the church to be your personal walk with God, you are gonna be highly disappointed. You're gonna be highly disappointed. You're gonna jump from church to church looking for your preferences and your way and what makes you wonderful in life rather than looking at the family of God and where he's placed you to exist for another. And until the American church realized that, then we are gonna be walking in the power of the flesh rather than the power of the Holy Spirit. And so Paul's like, hey, I need you to know that I'm giving a gift to each one of you for every one of you. So the question is, is what is God giving you and how are you using it for the common good? How is that happening in your life? How is that manifesting in your life? What does that look like? I'm telling you, when it comes to the power of the Holy Spirit, it's not that we don't have it. It's just that are we willing to be aware to it and use it? That's all it is. Like the gifting is there. The Spirit's there. Did Jesus die on the cross? That's, yes. Confess with your mouth and believe with your heart. You'll be set free. Did Jesus die on the cross? Did Jesus go into a tomb? Did Jesus get out of that tomb? So maybe there is a greater power at work and in play in your life than you realize. And so what Paul says in the book of Romans, he's like, Hey, this this power, I'm gonna get into a lot of things, but I need you to know this is not the little league. You have the power of the resurrection at work in your life. So the question is, is are we living like we have resurrection power in our life? And I'm not talking about morality. I'm talking about supernatural manifestation in your life through you by the power of the Holy Spirit. All right, so what do we do if we want a filling of the Holy Spirit. Nick, you said it's by grace. That means I can't do like 10 jumping jacks and be more filled with the Holy Spirit. Like I can't go on a run and then have supernatural power. Like God will speak in the run, but what, how, how do I walk this out? Here's what I love about the Spirit is the Spirit is, in, is consistently inconsistent. Like when you read scripture, you're like, okay, so that time the person received it after they believed, and it happened there. And then you read a little bit further, and you're like, okay, that person received the Spirit before they believe. Okay, that's weird. All right, I'm going to have to write that one down. And so when you're looking at Scripture, the only thing consistent about the Spirit is that he's inconsistent, which is why Jesus says in John 3.8, he says, hey, I need you to know the Spirit's like a wind. Have you tried catching the wind? Doesn't work. Doesn't work. You just let it pass through things. You don't catch the wind. But here's the most beautiful thing about the power of the holy spirit is when you read the book of acts there's something crazy that happens and this is crazy you're gonna you're gonna go crazy is that the power of the holy spirit is made available in others lives through the prayer and the laying hands of another so when you read scripture especially in acts 19 paul shows up and he's like hey how's it going Do you believe in Jesus? Yes, we believe in Jesus. Have you received the power of the Holy Spirit? What's the power of the Holy Spirit? Let me show you about the power of the Holy Spirit. Then he lays hands on them and he prays for them and they receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's the most beautiful thing about the power of the Holy Spirit is the power of the Holy Spirit does not cause chaos in your life. It does not cause fear in your life. It does not cause division in his church. It breathes a fresh air of unity and power, and cohesion in your life like never before, and so here's how I want to end today, is there's going to be people in the back that are praying for you, that can pray for you, and there's going to be people, I'm going to be up here in the front, and I want to pray for you, and I just want to pray for you if you just need a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. If you're like, man, I've been checking the boxes, but I don't feel like I am walking in the fullness of God, then we just want to pray for a fresh filling. Is it going to be weird? Heck no. Is like God does not want to cause fear in your life God hushes the fear in your life and I think what happens is if you if like you look at the like Instagram and you see people being prayed for in the power of the Holy Spirit and then they fall down and then the guy takes off his jacket and starts waving it around the sanctuary that's not what we're talking about we're talking about in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit receive the Spirit of God that's what we're talking about Filled with the Spirit of God. He calls it a living water. If you feel dead, receive the Spirit of God. If you're wondering what God is doing in your life and you don't know how He's using you in your life, receive the Spirit of God. If you're wondering how you're going to help the person that's in your life and you know they're in deep pain, receive the Spirit of God and go tell them to receive the Spirit of God. The church is missing the power of the Holy Spirit at work in and through her. And that is why there's so many issues. And what I find is that we're so quick to point out the issues, rather than being quick to get on our knees and ask us to be used by God to fix the issues. If you receive the power of the Holy Spirit, I promise you, I promise you that this will start to look like the church that God has described in his scripture. But we're trying to do it without his power and we're doing it in our power and it's turned into a performance rather than a display of the power of God. And so if you want to receive the Spirit this morning, we would love to pray with you. There is no pressure. There is no pressure. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you want to receive the Spirit, we'd love to pray for you. But let me pray for us first. Justin, I'm so sorry. Thank you so much. Father, we need you this morning. Father, we pray that you would only do what only you can do. Father, we pray that you would fill us with your spirit. Father, we pray for a boldness. Father, if you want us to pray for someone, may we go in confidence and pray for that person. If you have something that we should tell another, Father, would you just just help us do that with confidence? But most of all, God, we just pray that when your kids ask to receive the Spirit this morning, that you would just be a good, good Father, and that you would pour out your Spirit, and that there would be a Spirit of joy, and there would be a Spirit of peace, and there would be a Spirit of hope, and that the weak would be made strong, that the dry would be with living water Father, thanks for listening in, in to bright, bright city pretty, if this was encouraging Jesus we'd name. love for you to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts if you're an owner at bright city you can give online at brightcity.church or on venmo to bright city before you go we'd love to speak this benediction from matthew 5 over you you are the light of the world a city built on a hill cannot be hidden In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We love you, Bright City.